1: It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought,
0: well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. It have missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life.
1: It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. Uh, you feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is.
0: We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we're getting is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out.
1: Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Steve, and Steve is actually from my hometown of Cairns, and he's had some absolutely amazing UFO encounters back in the 90s. Steve, welcome to the show. G'day. uh,
0: Thanks for
1: having me on. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for coming on. And I got very, very excited when I heard about uh, your story here with a, a UFO encounter. And this is just one of the many encounters that you've really, really had in this part of town. So I'm quite excited. Steve, do you mind kind of going back to the start and telling us about your first encounter?
0: Yes, my first encounter was, um, my first two encounters were in Cairns, uh, and they're both um, what I've heard called as uh, missing time. Um, The first one was in uh, early 1990, and I'd just uh, finished high school. Some friends and I were um, walking home from town, and uh, we actually stopped in a local park, Martin Munro Park. um, And... The next thing we do, we all woke up at home and we discussed it at the time, but we sort of brushed it off. We didn't really sort of put much on it until uh, it happened second time a few months later, about four months later, about mid-year 1990. We were uh, it was about six o'clock and we were walking to the shops to go late night shopping on a Thursday night and we cut through. a a bridge across one of the channels here in town that used to be fairly isolated. And um, the next thing we knew, uh, we were in the field next to the shopping centre, which is now an extension of the shopping centre, DFO it is. And um, I had previously worked at the shop, at Coles there when I was in high school and I walked in, there were people I knew there and they were closing the shop up. And I sort of like, you know, why are you closing? What what time is it? And they said nine o'clock. We leave the time. Um, and so we we sort of, we just went home and sort of shook our heads over it. And we didn't really think about it. Um, and there were three friends with me the second time. There was three friends with me. Um, and I wouldn't have thought about it again, until I, uh, it happened a third time. Um, and this time it happened in the middle of the day and there was only one person with me. Then it was uh, my girlfriend at the time. And, um, we, uh, we'd gone driving to a, a dam. I'd actually moved out of Cairns and was in, uh, it was down South. It was a place called Lake Perseverance. And, um, We'd driven out there to uh, have a picnic and a swim, but the dam was closed due to low water levels. But we decided to stay in picnic anyway. There was um, myself, my girlfriend, one of her female friends, and two of my mates. And while we were having um, the picnic, I noticed some walking tracks. And I said to my girlfriend, do you want to go for a walk down those tracks? And uh, she said, yeah. So we uh, started to walk. And uh, the track we're on ran parallel to the ravine that ran away from the dam wall. And down the bottom, we could see the river, the water. It was really clear, it was hot. So I said to my girlfriend, well, Do you want to go swimming down there? And um, she said, Yeah. And so we stepped off the track. And that's when it, it happened. The, the first thing I, I realized was that I couldn't move. And I. Started to panic, but before I could even think about panicking, I in front of in front of me, like a silent movie, a a, a craft, uh, the the one I sent you in the drawing, um, came down completely silently. It was about the size of a greyhound bus and stopped in front of me. Um, and I lost all memory and. The next thing I knew I was waking up standing on my feet in the middle of the bush and there was this really strange sound. I couldn't seem to move and I had a bit of a panic attack. And uh suddenly I, I staggered, I could move again, but the sound was still going on and I looked around like wondering what was happening and my girlfriend was standing behind me and her eyes were wide open and airing into space and I sort of spoke, I could hardly hear my own voice. And I said, I feel really weird and she didn't even respond or blink. And so I stepped over to her and I touched her on the arm and she suddenly gasped and, and blinked. And it just hit me that what was happening to me was happening to her as well. And I I realised that we were almost all the way down to the water. Um we neither of us remember walking that distance, so I grabbed her by the arm and dragged her up to the top of the hill, and we got back to the path, and the noise just stopped, and we stood there in the the middle of the bush, and she got quite upset and started crying, so I sort of pulled her into me and gave her a hug and that, and we slowly started walking back to the others, and we said, uh, we sort of agreed that we wouldn't tell them what had happened. I, at the time, then did not realize she didn't remember seeing anything like this this ufo that i'd seen and um we got back to the others her friend commented um you look like you've seen a ghost to her and when i looked at her she was actually quite pale and and white um from shock i I think and um we sort of sat quietly and when we went to leave my friend's car wouldn't start for about 20 minutes and uh suddenly it just started we drove home we were both very drained and um, feeling strange. And that night I spoke to her at length and I, I quickly realized she didn't remember anything and I was very reluctant to to mention what i had seen. So I actually didn't tell her for a few years until we, we sort of fell out of touch and got back in touch. Um, and um, she still doesn't remember anything. Um, and it wasn't long after that that I started to... Uh, Experience what are called uh, recurring dreams, and when you hear the phrase recurring dreams, they're they're the same dream over and over and over, and it it was the same dream, it only in the sense that it started the same. Um, I would get out of bed and walk outside, get picked up by this the same UFO that I'd seen, and then taken to a larger one, where the then the dream would be different um, every time. And uh, over a couple of years, these dreams started to really bother me and um, actually sought um, sought help, professional help. And over the course of <laughs> 10 years, I saw uh, five different psychologists. Um, I was officially diagnosed with a sleep disorder, which I already sort of knew. Um, and the uh, second psychologist suggested I write, I write them down. So I started to write them into a book, which became two books. And um, I think the fourth one suggested I draw them. I draw these dreams, which I started to do, which means I'm an artist and I, I draw a lot, but I also have a huge folder of the, the strangest drawings I've ever done. And uh, only recently, I myself started to sculpt some of uh, what I'd seen. But, um, yeah, in, um, I had those dreams straight at least two a week for about 10 years until about um, 2000, the year 2000. And then they, they stopped for 14 months, and um, I actually thought that they'd finished. But then they came back, and I still have them to this day but they're very far apart. And, um, yeah, I've I, they i managed to get my head around them. In that 14 months, I didn't have them. They, I stopped dwelling on them and letting them affect me. Um, but the main reason I went and saw help about them wasn't because of how weird they were. It's just that they were very, very realistic. Um, very realistic. Um, to the point where I began to doubt if I was dreaming or not. And, um, yeah, you, you, when you doubt yourself, you know, your your own memories, I mean, to dream about a place for 10 years or more, you know, you, you, you begin to know the place. And, uh, you know, there, there's this place I, I know as well as my childhood home I could go into my childhood home and say that's where the fridge used to be in my bed and this place is the same um over the years so yeah
1: wow steve that's a that's a lot to to decipher there um
0: that's the the, the short version i guess <laughs> yeah
1: wow um jeez where do we start on this one um how about Wherever we you want to, mate. How about we go to the the first time that you had the um the the missing time so you said this one occurred with with you and two other mates or was it three other mates
0: three other yeah
1: and it happened at munro park and for those who who might not know where this this park is um it's basically almost in the center of the city that i live in did your friends ever talk about this with you after this
0: only only the missing time. Yeah, we, we spoke about it and we, we it even became a semi-sort of joke in the week following. Um, I mean, we'd had a little bit to drink, but none of us were drunk and we were just walking home. Um, I was with my flatmate and my other friend was with his flatmate. They, their house was quite close to theirs. Their house was a little bit further and we sort of joked that we must have blacked out or something. Um it was very strange but we sort of, you know, semi teased each other about it I guess. Um but yeah, I, I went back a few years later and took photos right where it happened. And um there's a a, a large there was a – it's quite different now, the park. I'm sorry. Do you remember the small state that used to be in Martin Munro Park? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was directly right there. Really? We we're actually sitting sitting on it, like leaning against it. And um, if, if you – I have photos now, but if you could remember, there was a very large, clear space above that, no trees or anything.
1: How long do you think you guys were, were out for?
0: That, that time, um, that first time, I don't know. It would have been about midnight, uh, 1 o'clock or something. It wasn't really late, and we just woke up the next morning, whereas the second time that happened um, on the channel – on the Channel Bridge, that was three hours. Um, whereas, yeah, that first night, um, I I'd just say half the night because that's the amount of time that was missing. One minute we we're in the centre of town, the next we were um, at home.
1: And that's that's kind of terrifying in its in its own thing. That not only do you have missing time, but you've actually woken up in a completely different place.
0: That was what bothered me the most about it i and when it happened the second time it was you know strange but then when it happened the third time um that's when alarm bells went off uh because uh another another factor about that third time perseverance was when um when i saw that craft lower down as crazy as it sounds i immediately recognized it and i knew exactly what was happening or what was going to happen because it had already happened twice before
1: so you think that might be the same ship
0: yeah it definitely was yeah there's there i have no doubt about it um and even like a part of me wants to retreat from that because it just seemed so unreal when i saw it come down the shock of seeing it was uh I can't even describe. And the fact that I knew exactly what it was, exactly what was about to happen, because it had happened twice already. And the whole fear and the whole, you know, being terrified of not being able to move. Um, so,
1: with your first two encounters with Missing Time, do you remember seeing this craft at all?
0: I don't remember anything from either of those times. But when I saw the craft on the third time, it, and I recognized that I knew that i had seen it at those two times before. You think that's your
1: subconscious, reliving those memories?
0: Yeah, I, I just immediately recognized it. And and I knew where I'd seen it before, um, once in Martin Munro Park and the other time. Um, but yeah, no, I, I immediately recognized it and I knew exactly where I'd seen it before. It wasn't like a book or a movie or a, I knew I, I'd seen it in Martin Munro Park and um, the Channel Bridge. And um, that was just shocking. That was something I couldn't face for many, many years, and I I doubted myself over that. But even to this day, I still recall that moment and knowing that I had seen that before and and just the the horror and my stomach turning over because I knew what was happening and I couldn't do anything about it.
1: Do your friends talk about this At all, are you in touch with the the people that you had that first encounter with?
0: I've been. I'm in touch with um, several of them, and I a few years ago I really pressed them on it um, for for a while, and none of them remember anything that happened, but they do remember that night. Um, One of them actually claims that he's had quite he had quite a few episodes of missing time since, but he wouldn't go into detail about them. so I've actually wondered um, whether he might have experienced something similar but just has no memory
1: Yeah, it. It. it seems like he may
0: have. It really did to me when I – I mean, to to talk about it without mentioning what I remembered, you know, uh, my later experiences and that, it was quite hard to bring it up and go over it and say, and then what happened? And then just look, you know, for them – because uh, I'm, I'm in touch with two people: the girl from the third experience, and um, um, one of the guys from the, the first one.
1: Do you know if he if he has dreams like you do?
0: No, he doesn't, and neither does the girl. No.
1: And these dreams, did you only have them after that third encounter, or yes yeah.
0: it is. Yeah, only after the third encounter, and um, it was say a month afterwards. I started to have them and uh in the beginning I thought, you know, hmm, that's strange. And um you know, then they they kept going and they um started to really bother me just how realistic they were and after each one of those dreams, even when I couldn't remember a lot of details, I would always feel physically different, like very worn out, very tired, sore back, um with a headache and th- when I even when I had like very little memory of what 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 I'd, what I'd dreamt about, um, i I knew I could just feel that I'd had one because they they sort of had a physical effect that went with them as well, which is why I started to really doubt whether I was dreaming and maybe I was actually experiencing something, especially the just no matter where I was and I'd have one, I would in the dream I would get up and walk outside.
1: No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1 com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
0: It was like I couldn't stop myself, and um, it was uh, very realistic.
1: Now, you say these dreams are reoccurring. When you say that, do you mean you were doing the same thing over and over and over? Or do you mean that you were you were kind of doing the same actions but things were different?
0: Well, the, in the only way, recurring implies that that was the same thing over and over. That was a phrase that was given to me by one of the psychologists. But the, only the getting up and walking outside, unlocking the house and going out to the, to the yard, the front or the back, depending on where I was. Only that was recurring, um, meeting the craft every time that craft would take me to the larger one. Um, every it would be different. There were no two the same. Um, something different would happen every time. Um, maybe uh, you'd maybe I could go into detail about those. Yeah, if you don't mind. Well, the the smaller craft was that octagonal shaped one. I sent you the, the drawing of, and um, that it has no lights um, at all. Um, and the other craft. The larger one was uh, like seed-shaped. It was pointed at both ends, but it was immense. It was it was giant, and I couldn't couldn't tell you about. There's no lights. I tell you about any openings or how we went aboard or inside or whatever. But um, what what would happen there was um, any number of things. um, The the first things I remember are your classic alien abduction, there would be a table. You'd lay on the table, except these were like, these weren't metal or anything. They were like and warm. And when you laid on them, you would actually sink into it a little bit and it would suck you down. It would grip you and hold you down. And a lot of the times I would lose memory of what was happening and um, wake up home. home. Um, and there there were various things that happened there. Um, there were various rooms. Um, there was one room uh, in particular that uh, I was taken into, and there was a, cages and cages of snakes. And I was actually asked to identify different species of snake. Some I didn't know. And then... Um, Sorry, who um, were you asked by? Well... When it comes to um, the beings or the aliens that I saw, there were um, there were two types. There were some really short, short ones, uh, possibly barely four, four and a half feet tall. And what did they look like? With um, they were um, very squat, very um, broad, with almost reptilian-looking faces, but no hair, large, very large eyes, and they actually stunk. I've always sort of thought that there may be more than two, but I've only ever seen of them, those beings, um, the short ones. And they would um, do most of the the talking and like took me into the room and asked me to identify the snakes. And um, the thing with that room is uh, maybe three years later, in a different dream, I actually passed by that room that same room and looked and glanced into it and all the snake cages were empty. Um, that's sort of the thing about the place is uh, over the years, I got to sort of know my way around, if that makes any sense. And I, I'd go from one room to another and I'd be able to, to know that that certain hallway length went to this place and, I'm sort of going a little bit all over the place here. No, no, you're you're doing
1: doing fine, mate.
0: Right, yeah. Um, But yeah, there were endless amounts of rooms. There was um, one very large room that had a multitude of those um, tables with the rubber, the the warm rubber tops. And um, those ones there had a a lid that closed down on them. Yeah. and when you're inside, it, it would fill up with fluid. And um, and then, like, usually I would lose my memory there. But then when I'd get out, my skin would be covered with what looked like sort of sticky honeycomb sort of residue. But then, like, a, there would be a fine mist that would come from feeling And that stuff would, like, fizz and drop off like it was never there. Um. And if you pick the piece up, it would just fizz like bubbles and into nothing in your hand, like soap bubbles, and not even leave a residue in your fingers or anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sort of going all over the place here, but um, these are just some of the rooms there. Um, that room with all of the uh, the, the ones with the lids, I've seen possibly as many as fifty people in there um, because I'm never by myself. There are always other people who don't seem conscious. I mean, they're they're walking and and being taken places, but they're not really awake. If that makes any sense,
1: they're kind of like shells.
0: Well, no, they're just not awake. They're uh, they're asleep and the two or three people i have seen awake like wide awake i've known they're wide awake because they've been completely hysterical um that probably only happened about 3 times the whole time i've had those um strange dreams but um yeah i, I recall that very clearly the only people i've seen who seemed completely awake have been hysterical
1: and and what's your what's your state when you're when you're on these ships are you do you feel awake? do you feel like you're you're kind of being controlled
0: well that's um, one of the the reasons I started to um try and seek professional help was in the beginning the very the first few weeks or months i only had very vague memories of you know wow, well, I dreamed about the same place but then i I started to wake up in the dream just here and there and would have, like, completely, what what seemed to be completely, you know, conscious functions. And I, I would look around and think, this can't be real. And th- those particular times are what really began to disturb me because they, they were as real as waking up in my bed. And, um, yeah, like, the rest of the time, I would be, sort of just doing this stuff somehow on autopilot. It was like walking outside to to meet this craft outside. Um, it would almost be like when you get up and you're really tired and you go to the toilet, you're sort of shuffling. It would almost be like that. But then, like I said, here and there, I I would wake up inside these dreams, like sort of with a shock and be completely conscious and say to myself, I'll remember this in the morning and I'll draw this particular bit or do a sketch of it, um, which I would and did do. Um, but, yeah, um, I mean, if you tell a psychologist that that's what you remember, they'll tell you that that's not possible and then they'll ask talk about <laughs> your past or I'll try and correlate something with it. And, I mean, seeing five psychologists, I, I managed to resolve many small issues in my life, nothing to do with those dreams. Of course, I never ever resolved those. Um, I managed to just sort of come to terms with them myself. Um, I guess.
1: (laughs) And and what do you (laughs) think you're, and what do you think you're, um, I guess being taken?
0: I have no idea. I don't have the slightest idea, um, at all. I've, I've wondered like, but never really for long. Like, I I don't feel like I, I stand out. Um, you know, possibly some of my artwork may, I hope, in the future. <laughs> but otherwise I've never really seen any rhyme or reason to it at all. Um, it's just been a a bunch of very, very strange, very realistic dreams. I mean I couldn't have thought up this artwork, you know. No, my own personal artworks never even come close to some of these sketches. I can still look at them now and be completely creeped out by them. Um, so, yeah, I don't think um, I, I know of any reason why. <laughs> why me?
1: Have you ever had any additional communication with these beans? I mean, earlier you said that they they've kind of got you to identify different um, animals that you, they've been in cages and and things like that. But have you actually spoken to any of them?
0: Well, when doing all of that stuff, I was sort of in that semi-awake state. And um, I do know that a couple of times when I have woken up and I've felt completely conscious, I've tried to communicate and, (laughs) To be honest, I only ever received one reply, which I'd actually rather not say. No, that's, um, that's fair enough. I'm sorry, but yeah, I mean, I think it's weird enough I'm talking about this stuff, but yeah, there are certain things I can't bring myself to say, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, no, of course, of course.
0: Um, whereas every other time um, that I tried to communicate, I was not answered.
1: And when you were talking to them, do you do you think they understand you or... Or is, there, yeah. is it they do?
0: Yeah, completely. They understand completely. Um, every word. And do you yeah. feel in danger? Oh, um, well, it's it's hard to say. Uh, when it was happening, I guess no. But now looking back on it, I feel a real sense of danger, if that makes any sense.
1: Do you mind you know, kind of and, and telling me a little bit more about that?
0: Well, I've, I very rarely have those dreams now. And um and when I do I <clears throat> when I do I really I, I don't feel safe. I feel um semi violated because it's it's out of my my control. Um it's it's not something I've agreed to or like do you understand it's it's um it's not it's I have not consented or you know, I'm not agreeing, I'm not cooperating. Um, this is something that's been done to me that I'm not taking. A, I have not agreed to take part in, and and that just it it, it now over a long time it, it feels it feels threatening. Um, there's nothing, you know. There's no there's no revelations, or, or you know I didn't get any amazing message. Or, or you know, there was never any real sort of sense that I could make apart from I was being subjected without my agreement to something. Um, like uh, you know, like being forced.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely um, understand, mate. It's
0: you're not yeah, choosing to at do the this. Column, at the time, I was—I was—that's right. I was not choosing. At the time, I was more overwhelmed with just the strangeness and the, the, the weirdness and the, the the whole, you know. When I would wake up, I would like, this can't be real. It cannot be real as real as it seems. And you know, it was more sort of being caught up in sort of the sensational part of it. You know, it was just. Incredible and bizarre and um, but now um, at you know after so much time passed, I, I do faintly feel threatened
1: and do you feel like this is all real
0: I would say that it's very possible um, there's no way I could ever say it wasn't real but to ask me whether it was 100% real I would have to answer that it's most definitely possible yeah um, that's as much as I can bring myself to say, like maybe not remembering exactly, and my memories is not correct, but I can say that something most definitely did happen, and I'm just pretty much going off the memories I have of it. Um, you know, I had um, a couple of friends sort of point to certain sketches and um, and say, "What does this mean to you?" And I said, "Well." apart from the, the feelings that go with it, which are, you know, the very – the strangeness and the weirdness of it all. I said, I'm just relating what happened, you know. Um, like, all I can do is just relate the memory that I have of, you know, what happened.
1: And what do you think these beings are?
0: What do I think they are? Yeah. Oh, I I couldn't even – if I if I had to go as far, because I don't know what they are, but it seems like they are studying humans and life here, um, like you'd study a, a rat in a in a fish tank.
1: Do you think they're from another dimension? Do you think they're from another world? Do you think?
0: Well, I, I don't know a lot about dimensions. Um, you know, I. I don't know about that I mean I would have to say though that they're definitely not human beings and so I I would assume that they were from another planet um, that would just be an assumption I mean I know they're definitely not human they just standing in the presence of one of those short beings and the smell um, and the feel that like the, what they radiate um, they're definitely not human. I mean, dimensional, I, I don't know about that stuff, but I would definitely say they're from another planet. I mean, I own a telescope. There's a lot of stars out there, and I've always believed that life is very possible in the universe apart from Earth, and I would say that they're definitely from another planet.
1: And then does this kind of cement that in your in your mind, that we're definitely not alone?
0: Yeah, I've always believed that, even from a young child. I I can't remember who said it to me, but someone once said that every... Star in the sky is another sun, um, like and and not um you know like and unlike our own larger, smaller, different color, different radiation. And I've always believed you know that the Earth is in that the, that what the right spot for life, and that many of these other planets. I mean, they're discovering other planets right now. Um, by you know the, all the planets around Earth, Sun, pull it. Because of their their gravity, they pull that they pull our sun a bit, and I've it's called a wobble or something. And I've heard that they're discovering planets by looking at other suns for that wobble, and they can you know mathematically project these planets that are going around it. So I, I most definitely believe in. I mean, in one galaxy, uh, there are millions, uncounted galaxies out there. So there is definitely life out there, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, And I agree with you, Steve. I mean, the universe is just a bit too vast to think that we're the only ones in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, just our galaxy alone has, you know, billions of stars in it. Just our galaxy, our spiral arm galaxy and there. There are, there are billions of other galaxies, not just spiral arm all sorts. Um, so I would say that, you know, it's it's very likely, very likely. And, I mean, we talk about the distance between them. I mean, I I believe that, you know, one day that won't be a thing. You know, from what I have experienced, I believe that there are other life forms coming here. So maybe one day you'll be doing the same.
1: Well, Steve, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your encounters with us. They are, they are definitely something. You know, it, there's a lot to think about there.
0: There is, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot more. But I, I sort of went all over the place there, but it's uh, there's no real order to it, you know. I mean, uh, I guess I could go from the beginning and go through, like, you know, every significant dream in order. But even then, it would be a long story.
1: <laughs> and that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au. Or you can message me on Facebook, and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe, and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio.